welcome to New Manager Media, Manage Right from the Start with Jennifer Takagi. I'm Jennifer, a former climber of the corporate and government ladders turned leadership development entrepreneur. I'm a leadership coach helping you transform your office from feeling like a prison cell into a playground where employees are energized, engaged, and eager to work. Stress is reduced. Productivity is increased. Communication is seamless because playgrounds are much more fun than cubicle cells. Leadership development might seem like hard work, but leadership done right helps you create the team of your dreams. Each week, I'll bring you an inspiring message to pave the way to your successful journey into a leadership role. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get started. Hello, I'm Jennifer Takagi with New Media Manager, and today I am so thrilled to have my friend, my colleague, my fellow leader, Jaron Mastred, who is a K-State football player, ex-football player, former football player, who moved on to the NFL after he was two times All-American, first team Big 12 tight end, and Hell's the record up, still the record, I think, right, Jaron, for the career receptions by a tight end at Kansas State. Yeah. Yes, went on yeah. to have a stellar career at Miami and Oakland and started over 20 games professionally. Then, you know, he can't stop there because he was just a young pup and had to move into sports medicine. He is the CEO and co-founder of Apex Wellness and Rehab. And why don't you get us started? Tell us a little bit about your business and uh, leadership skills. Why are they important to you? Yeah, I'll, oh, that's a lot right there. I, uh, I do got to clarify one thing. I was, I was a two-time academic All-American, a little different than just All-American for performance-based only, but uh, I always took pride in my schooling and education and just as much as I push myself on the field, I push myself in the classroom too. So two-time academic All-American. I don't want any of my friends to listen and think that I'm trying to say I'm something I wasn't necessarily, but they know uh, <laughs> it's an academic award. And um, you're humble too, so I appreciate that. Yes, uh, sorry people, I made that messed up. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, like you said, uh, you know, life in the NFL frequently called not for long um, instead of the National Football League because guys know that, hey, the average career length is less than three and a half years. So to make it past three seasons and play for four seasons and, you know, go for a fifth was a big accomplishment to myself uh, already. And even though I wasn't quite ready for my time uh, being a football player to be over with, I just knew that, hey, you know, football is not something that you can do your entire life. So this business you have going is, and it would definitely grow and move a lot quicker if you got a little more involved with it. So uh, 2014 was when I kind of made the shift from football to business. And since then, we've just been steadily growing, adding new offerings. And now we are in this new facility and changed our name from uh, Pacific Neurotherapy to Apex Performance Wellness and Rehab, where we help you champion your body. So we are very excited to be where we're at now. And I'm in Oklahoma City, and you are in Portland, am I right? Yes. Yeah, you're from Beaverton, Oregon, and now located in Portland. Yes. 
Okay, perfect. Just wanted to clarify where we are. Yeah, yeah. Beaverton is a suburb of Portland, so I kind of connect. You wouldn't really know the difference of driving from Beaverton and all of a sudden being in Portland. Perfect. Kind of one of the same. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So now you've got a team that you're managing, you're leading, you lead yourself, you led on and off the football field, quite obviously. So uh, mm -hmm. tell me about some leadership skills. What are some principles that you hold near and dear? The biggest one for me, whenever I get into the conversation with leadership, whether it's with a high school football player or another, you know, manager or CEO or see something of a business and talking about leadership, for me, the first thing that always created the most success amongst the team and organization and created the best following was being a solid leader of yourself and going above and beyond the expectations that you may place on others. So, you know, being a captain of the football team and basketball team in high school, and then I was a captain of the football team in college, I never expected something out of someone else that I wasn't willing to do myself. So, you know, things like accountability, a work ethic, dedication, sacrifice. I mean, a lot of the basic football principles were just natural to me. And I wanted to always push myself and show that, you know, I wasn't going to be outworked by someone else, although I may be doing something else and you're doing something different, I'm going to work hard at what my task at the moment is, and I expect you to do the same, and then we can collaborate and you know get on to the next task. So I've brought a lot of my football background now into the business world, and it's nice having a team of former athletes that are all kind of on that same page already, so we all do kind of operate the same way, and even though we play different sports, uh, the same principles still apply no matter which sport it is, and especially a team-based sport that you have others that you are doing a job for it's not just about yourself so uh being selfless is something that i developed throughout my childhood and football career um i would say i was more on the selfish end early on and my mother helped reframe that mentality and how everyone else could be better if you were looking out for the best interests of others along with along with yourself um, but not being focused on yourself first and foremost. So uh, always try to breed, you know, the compassion that she's instilled in me with the aggression that my dad instilled in me and the uh, perseverance that they both have from two different angles uh, are things that I blend all together along with that work ethic. Um, resiliency is another big one, I would say, because I've dealt with a lot of loss slash failure all throughout my playing career and athletic career and business career and started to realize that, oh, this isn't something that stops happening to you. You're always going to have to bounce back. Uh, whether it was something minor like a client needs a refund, you know, or something catastrophic like, hey, you dropped the pass in front of 80,000 people plus 2 million more on TV and everyone's blaming you for the loss. Like, you know, there was a lot of things that I had go on in my life that I've been able to learn from and put forth uh, to hopefully being a better leader and better managing my team and helping influence others to be better leaders of their teams as well. I I love the fact that you said you, you dropped a pass and, you know, the whole world's looking at you, or at least it feels like that 280000 yeah. is the whole world. And at that moment it is because I often wondered, uh, I'm a super sports fan 
but I was never a very good athlete. So um, what was that movie where she said, if you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter? <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that would probably be me. But I often wonder how it is. Um, I, I'm a Thunder fan, and I go to the Thunder games, and there's a bad call, and Russell Westbrook throws a fit on the court, you know, because he's trying to get the officials' attention as if they don't already know he's there. But how do you like grab the ball and you just go back and you go for the next basket, you know, and run down the um, field, I mean the court, and then on the football field, okay, you drop the pass or it wasn't a perfect pass, whatever. Learning that resiliency, I think, is a huge lesson because there's going to be another down, right? And they're yeah. going to throw the ball to you again. You're not going to be benched for the rest of the game because you dropped one ball. And I think resiliency is something that people, they, they hang on to uh, losses, disappointments, regrets way too long. And it's something that you obviously have to learn as an athlete because there is going to be another down. There is going to be another pass. There is going to be something else and let it go and move on. Do you have any tip for how to let it go and move on? Or is it just I mean, practice? <laughs> Yeah, well, the first thing was because I did struggle with letting things go, especially football. I mean, I told you already, you know, I was an academic All-American twice, and I strive for all A's all the time. And just to get a B was hard for me to deal with. And that's them from middle school, high school, college, all of that. So um, realizing that there will be another moment and that this is not the end of the world is one step. Um, the other step for me is you know what good is it doing to hang on to this moment it's not doing anything to help you move forward except for the fact that you can learn from why why that situation happened why did you drop the ball why did you not make the grade you wanted why did you not succeed in whatever it is you're looking for figuring out why it happened and then addressing it and making sure that that doesn't happen again is all you can really do from that moment and looking at losses or failures as learning opportunities was a big mindset shift that I went through while I was in college to realize that, Hey, there's other good players here too, that they gave a scholarship to, and they, you know, they're paying for their schooling and for them to be here and play clearly they're similar caliber. So just cause you lost one play to them or, you know, you missed your block or they hit the ball out of your hand, you know, they did their job, you know, why you figure out what you can do better in that moment and then just come back and go again. That's all you can do. And there's going to be another play happening in the next 30 seconds. So, don't sit here and dwell on this play. You got another play to run. And if you sit there on that one play, compound into another play, into another play, and just create this negative spiral, that's where things are really bad. So learning to just bounce back, learn from that moment, and move on uh, in athletics was something that made it real easy to do in the business world and real world uh, with failures that come up in those situations. When I was young, probably not much younger than you are now, I had drinks with a, a colleague from another office. We were at a training situation and we were all meeting for dinner and she and I met a little bit early to have drinks before, you know, we all went out for the evening to have dinner. And I thought she was really old at the time. She was probably, I don't know, 46, 48, and I was 27, 28. And I thought she was, you know, substantially older and very, you know, wise. 
and she said, the one piece of advice I can give you in your career is it is your job to always make your boss look good. And I, I was stunned by that because, hey, wait a minute, why should I make them look good if they're not doing their job? But I ended up putting that into practice the majority of the time and it served me really well because as an employee with, you know, we all have bosses above us somewhere, even you being a CEO now and me being a CEO, we still have bosses, we have, you know, clients, we have vendors, we have all kinds of other people um, in our world. And that was really big to me because if you're doing your job, like you said, and you're making your boss look good and helping them, you know, not have everything fall on them, but you're doing your piece, those promotions come and better things come. And I think it really served me well in my years in government service to, well, and also before that in mortgage banking, to make my boss look good. So is there one statement or one philosophy once you stepped off the football field and into the boardroom that helped shape your organization or shape you as the leader you are today? I would say kind of what we just discussed previously of learning from a loss and moving on, not being afraid to put yourself out there. I'd been, you know, like I said, I'd been in the middle of a stadium of anywhere from 50,000 to a hundred thousand and had everyone cheering for me. And I've had everyone booing for me. I've also had, you know, the millions of spectators watching at home on TV as well and worrying about how I come off to them or how they perceive me was just a waste of time so when i translated that into business i realized that you know we're sitting here trying to make all these little things perfect and do this and do that when in reality we were you know um, there's a, a planning process involved but some people just sit there and plan and plan and plan and you know talk about all these what ifs and they never put anything out there it's okay to put something out there and have it not go well not everything does go well the first time it comes out so knowing that other people that have big businesses that you think are just stellar and bulletproof and nothing ever goes wrong. They had things go wrong all the time. You just only want to highlight the positives. I mean, a lot of people, one of my favorite athletes was Michael Jordan growing up and everyone highlighted his ability to make a game winning shot, but he would always be quick to tell you about all the ones that he'd missed, which was far more than the ones that he'd made, but he's remembered for the ones that he made. So just realizing that things will go wrong. Things won't always be right, but learning from them, growing from them and tweaking and adapting on the go is what you are going to have to do. Because if you sit there and wait for everything to be perfect, nothing will ever happen. Yeah, perfection is really a problem. And with entrepreneurs especially, you, you hear of people, they have an idea and they, like you say, plan, 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 and they never just do it. You know, that Nike slogan, just do it. Sometimes you have to do it and see what's gonna work. It's kinda like throwing that spaghetti against the wall to see if it sticks. Mm -hmm. Is it mm -hmm. done? Is it ready? Oh, now I need to tweak it. Yeah, totally. <sighs> Pardon me. So it's looking at it as a learning experience versus a failure. Totally. You have to. You have to see it that way. I mean, you can be mad about it for a day, but you got to learn from it and grow. And the worst thing someone can do is not learn from the mistake and allow that mistake to happen again. Or just not be, you know, closed off to the criticism 
or critique from their team or from others within the organization. Like if I was never open to my coach telling me, hey, you know, this play went wrong. We know that. Everyone in the stands saw it. Everyone on TV saw it. But here's why it went wrong. Because you stepped over here instead of over here. Or you put the ball here instead of up here. Or you had your hand here instead of over here. Like these very little minor details that made it so clear to see, oh, that only went wrong because of something that I can just change. And I just need to make that change going forward. I can't go back in time and fix the issue that already happened. So why be closed off to the critique, no matter how harsh it is. I mean, I've been called out in front of meeting rooms with a hundred people in them just for my, my individual error. And it's tough, but that also groomed me to just, Hey, open to it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to fix what I did. Now I also expect that out of everyone else in this room that had something go wrong and I expect them to make their changes and not be self-conscious about it or, I mean, for lack of a better word, butthurt about it. Just <laughs> fix it and let's move on. That's all you can ask. Fix it and move on. And you have to be open to that coaching and to those suggestions. Mm-hmm. I heard recently, I think it's Sir Anthony Hopkins, you know, one of the greatest actors on the big screen, on Broadway, everywhere. And he has like seven coaches. He has a nutrition coach. He has a voice coach. He has a voice coach for Broadway. He has a voice coach on camera. He has an acting coach. And so people like Michael Jordan, they had coaches and they were open to hearing, you know, hold the ball here, shoot it from there, whatever, so that they could be the best. So we need to reach out and ask for help to be open to it. Yeah. And if we're not in a situation of coaching, ask others that we trust for guidance and, totally. and, and help on that. I love that. Learn from our mistakes. What else? What else you got for us? Anything big? I, I mean, I would say that the coaching element was one thing that I didn't realize was something that was available to me when I got out of football because I'd, I'd grown up with coaches my whole life and, you know, multiple coaches. The football team has a head coach, then an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, maybe even a special teams coordinator. Then you have a running back coach, a tight end coach, quarterback coach, and a line coach. And all four of those offensive position coaches, along with the offensive coordinator, along with the head coach, that's six people right there that all may be talking to you about something you need to do better. So, you know, you mentioned Anthony Hopkins, or you mentioned the actor that had seven different coaches. I mean, I can easily look back at my career and be like, you indirectly had six you directly had three the head coach the offensive coordinator and your position coach which for me was tight end but I always had them in my life and I didn't you know I kind of felt a little bit of you know that I was on my on my own and kind of alone in the world of entrepreneurship but having someone there to kind of bounce things off and tell me what I may not want to hear or the you know the reality that I may not want to face was something that I needed to really push me forward faster and waste and stop wasting time Well, and for me, it was, I didn't even know it existed. I literally walked out of a chamber of commerce event and fell into a woman. Like I tripped walking out off the curb and found out she was a business coach. I didn't even know that kind of thing existed. So (laughs) sometimes we need to find the people, seek out the people who can help us. And Mm -hmm. even if you aren't into entrepreneurship, that you just want to build your skills, whatever they are, there is probably a coach, a teacher, a trainer out there for whatever it is that you're doing so that you can do it and do it better. 
Exactly. That's always out there. Yeah, it's totally always out there. Well, some key takeaways for me are you have to be a leader of yourself first. Uh, that was like the first thing that you said. Do you have any routine that you undergo daily in your leading self? I mean, for me, especially being in the health, wellness, you know, performance athlete world, for me, making sure that my health and my body is up to up to par is my biggest tip to people. It's hard to think clearly, think quickly, uh, think critically. Um, it's hard to have you know just a good attitude uh, when you just feel bad yourself, especially physically. So I dealt with a massive weight gain when I was done playing football and was not self-conscious about my image, but just I didn't feel good about myself because I knew what I was my whole life and I spent my whole life trying to be in pristine athletic condition and shape and in a matter of a year it was out the window. So once I just, you know, face myself in the mirror and address myself and say, you need to do these things, I, you know, I turned the corner, especially in business. So, you know, some of those tips were just to get some daily exercise. For me, I was doing nothing at the time because I was kind of mad about being done with football and I didn't really know what to work out for because it was the first time in my life where I wasn't going into workout to get ready for a season and be a football player. So I just had to revamp my thought process to working out and challenge myself to just get three workouts per week for 30 minutes, which was laughable given what I used to do. Um, and then I cut down, cut down. I cut out my alcohol intake for a month and I cut down my sugar intake immensely cut down the time frame of when I ate and went on a more intermittent fasting schedule and just followed that routinely. And then, you know, checked in with myself to see results. I mean, I know we offer body composition analysis, so it's easy, but if I'm going to be out there telling someone what they need to do and what, you know, what works best, I need to be a good example of that. So back to my whole example of good leadership, I wasn't being a good leader of people that would potentially come in and see us. So I made those changes quick saw results and it was easy to stick with them so you know just a daily some daily things that I do I drink a, at least 24 ounces of water before leaving the bedroom to start my day and I end each night with 24 ounces of water so I'm getting 48 in right there I know when I'm not hydrated I'm not I'm feeling a little bit off than I normally would I make sure that I'm you know getting a solid food intake and I'm making sure that I get exercise for me four times a week is is good for me uh, or more uh, daily activity I find to be more helpful for me and not just like some crazy intense football workout just maybe it's a two-mile walk something simple something light just getting something in really helps me think better think more clearly think critically and be more open to new ideas or changes or things that need to happen excellent so the next big one I hit was being selfless. Um, everyone else can be better if you're better at helping them be better. Mm -hmm. and, and, and with that is per perseverance and resiliency. We have to be able to bounce back. We have to be able to let it go and move on. I, I struggled, I had a one review out of 35 people in a training room and it was an all day training and one person just wrote the most horrendous review and I read it and I was just mortified and I talked to one of the 
people putting it together and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I should teach that class anymore because they hated me. And she goes, no, they didn't. One person did and I threw it out. And I was like, what? And she was like, everybody else loved you. Why? You can't let that bother you. And that was a big lesson for me to learn was take the criticism that counts and matters and is true for you and let go of what's not. Yeah. You're never going to appeal to everybody. Nobody has ever appealed to everybody on the planet. And and not at all times. Even if you're loved by everybody for one second, it's not going to last. Yeah. They're going to hate you the next day. They're going to hate you the next day and learning to uh, grow and adapt. You know, that's super huge. We have to all do that. Totally. Well, I so look forward to continuing to follow you and uh, all your journeys and what all's going on in your business. I, it's just been awesome the last couple of years getting to know you. Uh, I've been awesome getting to know you as well. Okay. Well, everybody, please join me for another podcast, New Manager Media, Manage Right from the Start. And I look forward to connecting with you all soon. See you later. for joining today. Please hop on over to iTunes to leave us a review and share our channel with your friends and family. Head over to TakagiConsulting.com slash gift for a great free gift. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and TakagiConsulting.com. We would love to hear from you and may your days be filled with more success than you ever dreamed possible.